0: Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The O.C. Movement. Hey, let me just tell you, you came to the right place this Sunday morning. You are in the right place being at church. And the reason I know that is because every obstacle that could have possibly prevented you from being here probably happened to you this morning like it did to me. So hopefully all of you got a parking spot. And uh, we're able to make it into the building. You're here. So we had quite the excitement this morning, didn't we, as the soccer teams took over the parking lot today. And so some of you walked like miles to get to church. And I'm so proud of you this morning for being here. Maybe you had a morning like me and you uh, brushed your teeth with Neosporin rather than toothpaste. That happened this morning. It was awesome. I was trying to be all stealth in the dark because my daughter Avery has been sleeping with me since Carrie is in Africa. And so I thought, well, I don't want to wake her up, so I'll just brush my teeth quietly. So I squeezed I thought, this is not coming out very easily. I squeezed some more, proceeded to start brushing and thought, This does not feel right. And then I remembered, I set the Neosporin on the counter last night for Avery's Burns, and I thought, I'm brushing my teeth with Neosporin. This is fabulous. Great start to the Sunday morning. So I just thought I'd bring you guys along on that journey with me. This is the thing I know. We just sang that song, No Other Name. And I don't know about you, but when I got here this morning after brushing my teeth with Neosporin, And I drove into the parking lot, and it was completely full of soccer cars. And I thought, where is everyone going to park for church? And we started triaging and trying to figure out how to manage that emergency and solve a million other problems. I was just reminded as we spent that time in worship that this is what it's all about. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. And it doesn't matter what we might be up against. It doesn't matter what kind of hurdles or obstacles you might have faced in your past week. It doesn't matter what today may feel like or be like. There is no other name than the name of Jesus. And and here's the thing, it says that mountains will move at his name. That means things that are seemingly impossible can become possible with the name of Jesus. And so I just don't think it's by accident that you're at church this morning. I believe that God has something amazing in store for you and and in store for me today. I know I need it. And so I just want to take a moment before we dive completely in, and I just want to pray. And I want to invite you to pray with me and just open your heart to what God wants to say today. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Dear Jesus, We just come before you today. God, we thank you that church is not about a building. It's not about having the perfect parking spot. It's not about all the details working together, but church is where we get to come and we get to say, God, you're bigger than any obstacle I might face. You are greater than anything that's going on in my world right now. So God, today, this morning, we just fix our attention on you. God, we thank you that you're good. We thank you that you're faithful. God, we thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us. And today, God, We give you all the glory and all the praise because you are the one who is worthy. So Lord Jesus, open our hearts today to hear the word that you would want to speak to us. Challenge us to become the person you've created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. For those of you who don't know, that just means I agree. And as Pastor Kerry would say, you can try this. When you love something that I'm saying or you, just, you agree with me, you can say, yeah. Everybody try it. Say, yeah. Okay. If it's really good, you guys know what's coming. Say, wow. Everybody try it. If you don't like it, don't say anything at all. Try that. Good. That's perfect, you guys. Awesome. Well, listen, we are going to have a great time today. We're in the middle of a series called Goals, and we've been talking about relationship goals. And I don't know if you've been here for the for the entire series. If you haven't, can I just tell you, you have got to podcast and listen to the messages that my husband has preached. Because the past two messages have been life-changing. I mean, they've been so good. Last week was all about how to handle it when things don't go the way that you think they should go in relationships. And there are some practical keys you can put into play in your life. And the week before was about marriage and it was so good. He threw me under the bus a few times, but that was okay. I took one for the team because the message was so good. So you've got to go and listen to it. It will help you in any relationship of life you're in. And today, I have the privilege, because Pastor Kerry is in Africa with our incredible missions team. They're in Swaziland today. Come on. You'll get to hear a quick message from him at the end of service, but they—they um, they did church today, uh, actually several hours ago, in Swaziland, and they're—they're just enjoying getting to meet kids and be out there. They're having a blast. But today I get to preach on squad goals. Everybody say squad goals. Now don't tune me out. Every single one of us needs relationships. Every single one of us needs friends. Doesn't matter whether you're a man, a woman, a teenager, old, young, it does not matter. We need friends. We do. We need them. God created us that way. In fact, I had this story. I was thinking back to stories of me with my friends. And when I was seven years old, um, I was exploring my friend Leanne's neighborhood with her. And there was this big patch uh, right in front of her yard. It was this big patch of what looked like mud. Mud kind of like a muddy concrete mixture, okay? And so it was like a big rectangular square patch, and Leanne and I, at seven years old, had this brilliant idea that we were going to jump into the mud, make some footprints, and jump out of the mud, right? So on the count of three, we agreed that we were gonna do this together, and on the count of three, one, two, three, I jumped, and she did not, and I went to jump back, and I couldn't. I started sinking, like down to my knees sinking. The mud was making its way up to my thighs. I was seven, and I thought I was going to die. And so I was like, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? And Leanne ran inside the house and grabbed her mom, and her mom came out as I'm sinking in the said quicksand in the front lawn of Carrollton, Texas, and I'm sinking. And they came, and they pulled me out of the mud. They saved my life that day, y'all. And so here's the thing about friends. It says this in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I would have been in real trouble that day. Now before you go being Mr. Tough Guy or Tough Girl thinking, well, I could have gotten myself out of that mix. I was seven, you guys. I was seven. The point of the story is we all need friends. We need people who are going to be there for us in the good and the bad, in the ugly and the awesome. We need relationships. We were created for relationships. We were created to know and to be known, to love and to be loved. We were created for this. In fact, this is one of the reasons I love the church, because the church is actually a place where anyone can belong. Where anyone can belong. You know, I realized I got ahead of myself and maybe they still have this. If you want to follow along with what I'm saying today, and you may want to because I'm doing something totally different when I preach today, you can text the word notes to the number that's going to be on the screen behind me and it'll give you a link to the U version notes. And this is something you can take notes in, you can fill in the blanks, you can save it, reference it for later. And you're going to probably want to because today, guys, I'm preaching an 18 point sermon. Are you ready? And I promise I will get you out of here before second service arrives. I promise. So get ready, get ready. Text the word notes. And listen, if you're here today, And you're trying to figure out where where do I fit in all of this? You say the church is a place where anyone can belong. Where do I fit in all of this? Maybe you're new to the movement church and you'd like to know a little bit more about who we are and what it's all about. Hey, next Sunday is the Sunday for you. You can text the word party to the number on the screen because we're having a welcome to church party. And this is where you get to find out everything about who we are and where you belong. So you're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you text that number because the church is a place where anyone can belong and that's what I love about the church hey listen we're created for relationships so are you ready are you ready today to go through an 18 point message yeah I need to know you're with me everybody say yeah Yeah. all right say wow you guys are so awesome I love you all right point number one squad goal number one we need relationships bottom line Let's just get that out of the way in the beginning because some of you are sitting here thinking, I don't really know that I need or want relationships. We need relationships. We were created for relationships. Nate's going to go ahead and come up and join me on the stage. And I asked Nate to come up and help explain some things that I don't understand. So over here on this side of the stage, we have a, a golf bag. Nate's a professional, you guys. You need to know how to play golf. This is your man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can talk. <laughs> He's going to be good. Okay. So Nate is going to tell us what these different golf clubs are and what they're for. So what's this one? This is the driver. Okay.
1: For teeing off on par fours, par Parkour. five. It's the longest club in the bag. It has an extremely hot face like my wife.
0: <laughs> Did you know...
1: Like I said, it's the longest club, and that's for ge- generating the most club head speed.
0: So can I hold it? This club what? You do what? The furthest. It hits the furthest? Yes. Like a baseball bat, like this? <laughs> Just teasing. OK, so this you use for driving the ball the furthest. Yes, you would want to tee that up. OK, I'm not a professional. OK, OK, what else? What else is in that bag?
1: OK, we have a five iron.
0: OK. That's one of my favorites. And what's that for?
1: For mid-range approach shots into the green.
0: Mid-range shots. shots into
1: the green. It's, it's a less hot face.
0: Okay. Sometimes we have people with less hot faces in our yes. world.
1: It's for a okay. range of front shots. It's but good. also, you can open the, plate open the face or close the face, and it'll curve the ball. Don't you wish
0: you could do that with your friends? Open the face, close the face. <laughs> okay we have the sand wedge, which is 56
1: degrees long, and this shot can be... Chipping around the greens, or you can hit out of sand traps. You know, Chipping,
0: or hitting out of sand traps. Yes. Or
1: traps.
0: So you don't need that all the time. That's like for emergencies. This
1: is actually the second most used club of the
0: <laughs> There's lots of emergencies in golf. So this is a good friend. Okay. A good a friend. friend, got it, okay. Okay, and then there's the one, that, the one that I knew. Yeah. I actually knew what this one was, right? I called you and said, what about the putter? The putter. I knew what the putter was.
1: You drive for show, you putt for dough. Okay.
0: <laughs> you had no idea what you were going to learn in church today, did you? No idea. OK.
1: Okay, this club is used 40 percent of the shots on an average round, so the average golfer hits this club 40 percent of the time, average round.: So the thing about this one. Go ahead, keep is going.: The lines. So everything you line everything up, you line the ball up, you line the putter up, and you line it to the line of the putt. So you get very intimate mm-hmm. with the lines with this club.)
0: So this would be a close, intimate friend. Yes, because this is the one you use, how often? You use it like 40% of the time. So, I mean, this is one you count on, but you need all the other ones, right? You, you need all those other clubs, but this is one you count on. Thank you, Nate. Do you need to protect this club? No. Okay, awesome. You are awesome, thank you for joining me. So, I think you get where I'm going here, right? we have we have all kinds of relationships and friendships in our world i also for the women in the room just could not help but use the example of purses so i don't know about you but i have all different kinds of purses so this purse this is like my putter this is this is my putter this is my everyday purse this is the one that i love to carry it goes with just about everything i mean really i hardly ever change it this is the one i count on right So if I need to fit a computer in a bag, so I need a resourceful friend, then I'm gonna take the bigger bag because it fits a computer and everything else that goes inside my purse, it's awesome. If I need a going out purse, Like, I'm going to get dressed up, and this is the kind, this is the party, friends. This is the one who just, you love to go and do fun things with. It doesn't work in every situation of your life, but this is the one that you like to have fun with, right? And so then you've got to have a colored purse, because sometimes you just need to spice things up a little bit. And then sometimes you need a summer purse, and this was my summer purse, so there's sometimes there's ones for different seasons, right? And I just think that the same thing goes for friends, We need all different kinds of relationships. You're gonna have all different kinds of people in your world, and you need every single one of them. There's some friends who are gonna be in your life for seasons, and then the relationship's gonna change. And it's our job to acknowledge that, to recognize that it's okay that relationships sometimes change. You're gonna have some friends who are your friends that are just like, they're the fun, let's go out to eat, they're the foodies, they're gonna make every situation fun that you're in, you just love hanging out with them, but they may not be the person you're gonna confide your deepest, darkest secrets to, right? Just a good friend, someone that you enjoy hanging out with. You're gonna have the friend who is resourceful, who can answer any question. I have smart friends, I need smart friends, I have lots of smart friends in my life, and they just know like how to help me be a better me. They're awesome. And then I have those close personal friends like the putter or the gray purse. They're the ones that are always there. They're the go-to. They are the friend that is, that is close, right? We need all kinds of relationships. Are you with me? Yep. Can you see that? Can you acknowledge that we need relationships? Okay, the second point is don't be needy in relationships. Don't be needy in relationships. Hey, listen. I've found that sometimes the people that have the hardest time in friendships and the hardest time with relationships who are always feeling hurt, who are always feeling left out, who are always the ones like just feeling like, gosh, why can't I have the kind of friend that I desire? I've, I've found that the people who are struggling the most in relationships are also struggling with some major insecurities. We can't be needy in relationships because here's the deal people are going to let you down. Your spouse is gonna let you down, Your best friend is gonna let you down. Your pastor is going to let you down. I'm sorry in advance. There are things that are gonna happen that are gonna let you down, and when we are needy in relationships and we're dependent upon people to meet our needs, to make us feel valuable, we're actually depending on a very, very unreliable source because the only source in our life that is actually dependable, the only source in our life that will never change, the only source in our life that the Bible says will never leave us will never forsake us, is always there, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the first and most important relationship you could ever have. And if you haven't gotten that relationship figured out yet, you're probably going to have a challenging time with other relationships. Because that is the one relationship, even above your spouse, that will not move, will not change, will not let you down. So our job, if we want to be a great friend, is to first of all learn how to be a great friend by getting a great relationship with Jesus. Because he is the one person in our life who just will not change. He is the one person in our life that provides strength, that provides peace, that provides hope on a constant basis. That is what it looks like to have great friends is to know how to be a friend with the one and only Jesus Christ. And as we become closer to God and as we learn more about who he is, maybe you're here today and you're not even sure where you stand in this faith business. Maybe you came in the doors and you're like, I'm coming to church, but I'm not really sure how I feel about this Jesus thing. That's okay. You can belong before you believe. Permission to sit back and just listen to these points and see what you think. But if you're here today and you call yourself a Christ follower, I want to challenge you that this has got to be number one. You can't be needy in relationships because nobody else will ever meet your needs like Jesus. Nobody will. In fact, one of our goals is we're becoming great friends and looking for great friends is that we have got to become more and more like Jesus. We've got to become more and more like him. So there's a, there's a scripture, I didn't put it on the screen, but it's in Galatians, and I teach it to my kids all the time. And it's got the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know if you know the fruit of the Spirit, but it's in Galatians 5.22. If you're following along in the notes, I did stick it in there. And the fruit of the Spirit are this. Are you ready? I'm going to teach them to you in a really fun way. You're not going to forget. The fruit of the Spirit are this. Love. Do it with me. Love. All you men are hating me right now. I know. It's okay. Love. Joy. (laughs) Peace. Patience. Kindness. Like you're giving someone a hug. Ready? Ready? Kindness. You like that, don't you? You ready for this one? Oh, sorry. Oh my goodness. Goodness. Y'all are not laughing nearly enough. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. I teach that to my kids so sorry you guys got a little inside track to what we do with my kids every single week and here's the deal we put the motions to it to remember it to make it funny but here's the deal when you have a relationship with god and you're working to become more and more like him the fruit of the spirit of god become evident in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control those are things that begin to become evident in our lives and if we could work on those things We will be great friends. We will be great friends. Point number three in our squad goals is this. You have got to kill insecurity. Everybody say kill. Kill. Say it like you mean it. Kill. Kill. Kill insecurity. Hey, listen, this is what I was thinking about when I thought about insecurity. Insecure people tend to show off, show up, and shrink back. Insecure people, I know, tend to show off show up, and shrink back. If you've been around people who are battling insecurities, and maybe this is you, okay? We've gotta learn to kill insecurities because insecure people will tend to show off. Like, I need to tell you how great I am. I need to tell you what I've accomplished. I need to tell you who I am. I need you to think I'm awesome because I actually don't feel that awesome about myself, right? That show off kind of thing. Insecure people will show up that what it said? Show off. Thank you. Show off. Okay. Listen, I was at this pastor's conference just recently. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. Nobody's names are being mentioned. However, I was talking to a group of men who were pastors at different churches around the country, and I was standing and talking to them, and they were talking to me just 100% normal, right? We're having a conversation about church and about different things, and Pastor Kerry came walking up, and when Pastor Kerry walked into our conversation, I kid you not, all of these men I was talking to who were standing having a normal conversation with me did this. No lie. All you men in the room know exactly what I'm talking about because you've either been the one doing that or it's been done to you and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean shoulders back, head up. Hey. Really? You were just a normal person five (laughs) seconds ago. Now insecurity means I got to show off. I got to show you. I got to show you that I am bigger and badder and better than you are because if you think that I'm weaker than you, then that's going to weaken my position. Insecure people tend to show off, show down, or shrink back. I knew it was show down. Okay, shrink back. Insecure people tend to shrink away from conversations, to shrink away from situations that they feel like, I don't know how the outcome is going to turn out. Maybe you can identify with one of these three things. And the goal in relationships is that we have got to kill insecurity. We've got to kill insecurity. So if you're struggling in one of these areas and feeling like you don't measure up, then there's something I want to encourage you with. It's found in Ephesians 2.10. And it says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship. That means you and me were created on purpose with a purpose. And you have a specific lane that God designed you to run in. You have skill sets, you have talents, you have passions, you have personality that just lines you up in this perfect lane that God called you to run in. And if you will work on learning to find your identity and your confidence in your relationship with God and to run in the lane that he created you for, it will kill insecurity about trying to fit into anybody else's lane. You can just own the lane that God made you to run in. You can own the personality that God gave you. You can own the passions that God gave you when you kill off insecurity and you find your identity in Christ because you are his workmanship. You are his workmanship, created to do good works, which he prepared for you to do. So we've got to kill insecurity. So we need relationships. We can't be needy in relationships. We've got to kill insecurity. Point number four, confront the fierce four. Confront the fierce four. Are you ready for what that is? Confront the fierce four. Here are four killers to relationships. Judgment, jealousy, comparison, and competition. Judgment, jealousy, comparison, and competition. We've got to kill the fierce four. Those things will will destroy any kind of relationship that you're in. Judgment is looking at somebody and going, why are they doing that? Why do they act the way that they do? I think you know, judgment, I think we all struggle with some way, shape, or form, don't we? Judgment is we, we look at people and we go, gosh, they're just so rude all the time. And we judge the motive of their heart just because of the conversations or the interactions we have with them. Jealousy, I I talked to a guy just recently who was working in an office and he'd been working there for 10 years. And another person came in to do the same job that he was doing. But he started making twice the income. And this person was really struggling, my friend was really struggling with this new guy that had come into the office that had only been there for a year, and he was making double the income that my friend had been making for 10 years because he was really good at what he did. It was a sales job making commission, but my friend was really battling jealousy. And maybe you can relate to that in the job that you're in. Maybe in the neighborhood that you're in. Maybe when you watch someone drive by in a car that you wish you could be driving by and Maybe you can relate to this idea of jealousy. In comparison, the truth is, is this is not something that girls just struggle with, although we struggle with it terribly. This is all of us, where we look at somebody else and we go, if I could only have what they have, my life would be better. If I was married to the right person my life would be better. If I had this amount of money like they do, my life would be better. Comparison, I say this all the time, is the root of all inferiority. When you compare yourself to someone else, you will never measure up. And competition really just stems from comparison because oftentimes when we compare ourselves to someone else, we feel like we've got to compete with them to prove something to somebody that we're just as good as they are. Those things, judgment, jealousy, comparison, and competition will kill relationships. So you've got to confront the fierce four. And I don't mean confront it in your friends. I mean confront it in yourself. You've got to confront the fierce four. Number five. Say number five. got to rattle through these. My clock is going down. Okay, number five. Be authentic. Be authentic. How many of you love real people? Anybody in this room? I... I want to be around real people. I want to be around what you say is what you get kind of people. Those are the kind of friends I want to have. In fact, when we first started this church, one of the things that we said all the time is we want to be passionate people pursuing authentic relationships. Why? Because I I want my friends to be real. I don't want people that are just surface friends who are just like everything's awesome all the time because everything's not awesome all the time. And I also don't want people who are like Eeyore where everything's terrible all the time. I want some friends who are gonna like have great days and bad days. I want real friends, you do too. Authenticity is so important in relationships but authenticity requires you and me to be vulnerable. It actually requires that we let our guard down a little bit. Listen, there's a, in the, Years and years and years and years ago, back in the Bible days, like a long, long time ago, there was, uh, there was merchants who would go and they would sell clay pots, okay? And they would sell these in a square, and oftentimes, because you're working with a clay pot, the clay pots would crack and they would break. And so they'd have cracks going down them. Well, nobody wants to buy a pot with a crack, right? So the dishonest merchants in that time would go in and they would fill the cracks with wax, And they would fill it with wax, and then they would sell it as if it was the real deal. And people would buy these things, but they were buying something that was not authentic. They were buying something that was not real, and they were being misled by these merchants. And so honest merchants decided that they were going to go in, and they were going to stamp their pots with a stamp that said, Sincera, which meant without wax. And the word sincere comes from the word sincera. Without wax, meaning this is real. This is authentic. I am being a real person with you right now. Sincere is the same thing as authentic. The scripture says in Romans twelve nine, let love be genuine. Let love be, let me give it a few more words, sincere. Let love be authentic. This is the kind of relationships we want in our life. It goes on in verse 15 and it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Hey, listen, we're not going to know how to celebrate with people unless people are real and they share the awesome things that are going on in their life with us. And we're certainly not going to know how to cry with people and mourn with people unless they're real. And they say, man, this has been the roughest year of my life. I have a friend who said 2016 has been the roughest year of my life. And I said, man, I know that sucks. Good thing the new year's coming. 2017, it's on the way, we're just a few months out. We're so close, right? Because we need to be able to celebrate with those who celebrate and mourn with those who mourn, but the only way we can do that is if we're actually authentic in relationship. And this requires you and me being vulnerable. And honestly, I'm gonna gonna be real with you guys for a minute, I think this can sometimes be harder, guys, for you. I think girls can struggle maybe with being too transparent And authentic, like let me just throw all my junk on you right now. But I think, guys, sometimes it's harder to share, hey, I'm really struggling. I'm feeling insecure. Because guess what? Guys feel that way too. Or I'm actually struggling in my marriage right now and I don't know how to get better. I think sometimes that we struggle with being honest with people who could actually encourage us to get better. Which takes me to the next point, number six embrace the iron embrace the iron I brought with me my daughter goes you're bringing a knife to church I brought it in a sheath nobody panic although maybe now you can panic I don't know how to do this when you sharpen a knife you sharpen it using iron right I won't throw it at you I promise am I doing it right thank you you like that Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. And as iron sharpens iron, the Bible says this in the scripture, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. This is what we're created for in relationships. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Hey, listen. Don't panic. That sound is not very um, nice, is it? When Kerry sharpens these knives at home, when he sharpens the knives, I leave the room. Not because I'm afraid like you guys that I'm going to throw the knife at you. I'm holding it really tight. Don't panic. But I hate the sound because the sound of knife sharpening is really uncomfortable to your ears, huh? You want me to stop now? Iron sharpens iron as a friend sharpens a friend. Hey, listen, you need friends in your life who aren't going to be afraid to tell you the truth who aren't going to be afraid to challenge you in how you can get better, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you don't like the sound of what they're saying. Real friends bring truth to relationships. I'll put the knife down so you can all stop panicking now. Hey, listen, real friends bring truth to relationships, truth in love. Proverbs 27.6 says, wounds from a sincere friend can be trusted. Hey, wounds from an authentic friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses wounds from a sincere friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses listen you don't want to just be a yes man in relationships where you're always agreeing and always nodding your head and always just saying yes to your friends because you don't want them to dislike you for having a different opinion a real friend actually challenges their friends with truth They challenge them even when it sounds uncomfortable, even when it feels uncomfortable. A real friend is always pushing their friends to get better, to be better. Now, at the risk of... throwing off everything I said. Listen, authenticity and iron sharpening iron does not mean that you get to say what you want to say whenever you want to say it, however you want to say it. There's some other things we're going to talk about in just a minute. You don't get to just spout off what you're thinking because you're thinking that in the guise of being authentic, I'm sorry, no, that's not actually a good friend. There is a timing and an approach for everything that you do, and a good friend is going to think that through, but a good friend is not going to just be a yes man. A good friend is going to say, you know what? You're called to be better you can do better when I go to a good friend and I'm struggling in my relationship in fact this happened just recently probably a couple months ago I was so angry at Pastor Kerry I know that you guys think that we never fight it's not true I was so angry because sometimes boys have this switch I'm going to go over time today I'm just going to let y'all know I'm going to rattle through the next parts of these notes but y'all are just going to hang with me okay we got this all right Pastor Kerry has this little switch and I think a lot of you have it where if the switch gets flipped, this grown man can go all junior high boy mode. And you men know exactly what I'm talking about because you've got the switch too. And sometimes that switch gets flipped and you just go all junior high boy mode. And one day, Pastor Kerry made me so upset. Like, I mean, I was angry, like crying tears of anger, not hurt, anger. I was so angry. And so I went into the bathroom and I text my one good friend, my one good friend who I know loves my husband. Hey, listen, this is important to remember. It's not just a friend that I'm going to call and dump my complaints on. No, this is my putter kind of a friend, the one who knows me, knows my husband, and I know she's going to challenge me and not just be a yes man. So that's the person that I call. So I text her and I said, hey, I'm really struggling. This is what he did and I'm so angry right now. she goes, gosh, that sucks, friend. And she said, Carrie really shouldn't have acted like that. And then she said, hey, sorry guys for this. Are you PMSing? (laughs) And I go, maybe. (laughs) Shoot, because real friends call you out. Real friends go, hey, let's pause and evaluate this situation that is really frustrating you and is overwhelming to you. And let's stop for just a minute and realize that maybe it's not all your husband and maybe some of this is you and you need to get your act and your emotions together. Hey, that is a good friend. That's an iron sharpens iron kind of friend. And we all need those kind of friends. Hey, number seven, are you ready for this? I got to find it. Number seven, get off the gossip train. The train is leaving, it needs to leave without you. Get off the gossip train. This is a huge problem in relationships. I didn't call my friend or text her to gossip about my husband. I picked the friends that I knew was gonna call me out and tell me where I needed to get better. Listen, we are terrible in the church about talking about other people's business. Let me clarify this for you. If the other person is not there, and you are talking about them, it's gossip. Do you need more explanation? If the other person is not there, and you are speaking about them, it's gossip. In the church, we do this all the time. We go, you know what? I just heard about what's going on with this people. Did you know that, that they're struggling in their marriage and I just am so worried about them and, I, and I, just, I feel like we should be praying for them? And while the, while the intentions honestly might be pure, we can struggle with gossip in the church guising it in this whole idea of let's pray for them. If they're not there, it's gossip. Go and tell them you're praying for them that might actually benefit them better than you talking to someone else. In fact, maybe go find that person who's struggling and say, hey, can I pray with you? I'm so sorry you're walking through this, but you certainly don't need to talk to somebody else about it. There's something you can remember about gossip, and it's this quote, I'm skipping ahead, you guys. It says this, if you didn't see it with your own eyes or hear it, if you didn't see it with your big eyes or hear it with your big ears, don't repeat it with your big mouth. That's gossip. If you didn't see it with your own eyes or hear it with your own ears, don't repeat it with your big mouth. Don't gossip. Listen, Proverbs 20, 19 says this, a gossip betrays confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. If you have a friend or you are that friend who is always talking about other people, hey, guaranteed they are talking about you too. And maybe you're the person who can't stop talking about other people. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. Sometimes we just gotta learn to shut our mouth, you guys. Psalms 15 talks about those led by the Spirit. It says their hearts are trustworthy. They refuse to slander or insult others. They don't listen to gossip or rumors. They don't harm others with their words. Hey, listen, we've got to stop talking about people and if you've got a problem or an offense and you're frustrated with somebody you don't get to call a friend and say i'm ticked off at this other person in my connect group right now no that's not what you do we taught about this last week you confront or you throw up matthew 18 says go to the person who's offended you and talk to him go to him and talk to him and if that doesn't work then go to somebody who's in leadership a pastor, a leader, and say, hey, can you help me deal with this situation because I don't know how to deal with it. But you certainly don't go getting on the (laughs) gossip train, right? Here we go. I'm about to speed through these things. You ready? Choose water. You've got two buckets in your hand when there's conflict in your relationships. You've got two options. Conflict happens, conflict happens, and you've got two options. You get to either throw water or you get to throw gas. If a fire is burning and you throw gas, what's gonna happen? It's gonna be a bigger fire. If a fire is burning and you throw water, you're gonna put the fire out, right? So when you are in conflict in a relationship, you have an option. The words you say can either throw water or they can throw gas on that situation. And our responsibility is to throw water. You ready for these? Here we go. Number nine, live unoffended. Live unoffended. Look at your neighbor. Say, offense is a choice. Offense is a choice. Live unoffended. Hey, if you are someone who deals with offense and you are always getting offended at somebody else, that is your own problem. Offense is a choice. If you are always offended, then you have got to deal with that thing in your own heart. Romans twelve eighteen says, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with others. Ten, be an uncomplicated friend. Be an uncomplicated friend. I need uncomplicated friends in my life. Friends who don't have unrealistic expectations. You need those kind of friends too. Friends who you can just depend on, who are not gonna get butt hurt about everything. I can say that in church. Be that kind of friend. Be an uncomplicated friend who doesn't just always get your feelings hurt about everything. Be uncomplicated. Number 11, be patient. First Corinthians 13 says this, and I'm going to rattle through this. It's going to give you a couple. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Hey, listen, love is necessary in every relationship that we have, and love is patient. Number 11, you're going to have to be patient with your friends. Be patient. Be patient. Number 12, be kind. That's in your word and deed. Under the guise of being authentic, it does not give you permission to be rude. Be kind. Number 13, be others-centered. Don't be jealous, boastful proud, rude, demanding your own way. Don't be resentful. Hey, listen, we've got to be other-centered to where we're going, hey, this isn't all about me. I'm going to be other-centered. Number 14, bite your tongue. Everybody say, bite your tongue. Don't be rude is what that means. You may have a great friend, you may have a spouse, someone that you're in a great relationship with, and you may feel that you can talk to them however you wanna talk to them and things are gonna be okay, but it's not. The Bible says don't be rude. Don't be rude, bite your tongue. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. That's what my mom used to say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Number 15, create real boundaries. If you've got relationships in your life who are energy vampires, who suck the life out of you, Create some boundaries. Hang out with them, love them, but create some boundaries. Number 16, give grace with a shovel. Hey, I'm gonna skip through this and not give you everything, but listen to me. Give grace with a shovel. So often when people upset us or hurt us, our friends let us down, we we just go, gosh, why would they act that way? And we think that they're acting that way because of an internal motivation, but we don't always know what's going on on the external things in their life. We don't know if they had a bad day. We don't know if they had a fight with their spouse. We don't know what's happening in their world. And oftentimes when we wanna give grace, we wanna give grace with like a little spoon. I'll give you a tiny bit. I'm saying give grace with a shovel. Load it on people. Grace is unmerited favor, it's undeserved. There's nothing anyone can do to deserve it, but let me tell you, it will make your relationship so much easier if you'll just choose to give grace. Number 17, believe the best. Fill the gap with trust. If someone forgot to invite you to a party, don't think it's because they're trying to leave you out. If someone didn't invite you over to watch the football game, they may have just forgotten your name on the text thread. Hey listen, give grace, believe the best. Believe the best in other people. If you're, if you're starting to feel hurt and offended, then go to that person and talk to them. Do something about it, be an uncomplicated kind of friend, but give grace and believe the best. in the last one, and I promise I'm closing to leave, is this, and this is really important. Number 18, choose wisely. First Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Hey listen, who we hang out with is important. There's an old saying that says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's actually real, guys. Do you know that we become like the five people we spend the most time with? Now what I'm not saying is not to be friends with everybody. We need all kinds of different friends in our world, but we need some close, iron sharpens iron kind of friends. We need some friends who are gonna point us to Jesus to obeying what he says and how to live. We need friends like that. And what I'm not saying is not to be a light in darkness. I've heard so many people say, well, now that I have a relationship with God, do I just have to hang out with people from church? Well, no, definitely not. We gotta go out and live lives in the world that God's placed us in and be friends with everyone that he brings us in contact with. But the people we spend the most time with matter. The people we spend the most time with matter. I thought these were gonna be bigger than they were, but they're not. These are glow-in-the-dark stars. Have you guys seen these, where you light them up and you stick them on the wall? Here's the thing about glow-in-the-dark stars. If they haven't spent a significant amount of time in the light, when you take them into the dark, they will not glow. These stars have to spend time in the light, soaking in the light so that when they go into the dark, they can shine bright. And the same thing goes for our relationships. If we're gonna go into a dark world, then we've got to make sure that we're spending time with people who are gonna reflect the light of who Jesus is, who are gonna challenge us to become better, who are gonna call us out when we're acting like a fool, who are gonna be there for us to rejoice in the good things and to mourn with us in the bad things. We gotta be around some people who are gonna challenge us to run harder and to run faster and to be the person that God has called us to be. And if we're only hanging out with people who are just like my little black purse, where is it? The party friends just gets, like to hang out with this person because life's just fun when I'm with this person. But there's not a lot of substance here. There's not a lot of room here. We gotta evaluate our relationships. Who are we spending the most time with? Are they causing our lives to light up and glow? Or are they suffocating the light with darkness? The Bible says, Don't be confused, bad company corrupts good character and we have got to choose wisely. I wanna run with people who are gonna run in the same direction that I'm running because I wanna accomplish all that God has for me to do and I want you to accomplish all that God has for you as well. I went long today, I knew we would. (laughs) (gasps) Thanks. Here's the deal though guys. We can talk, just like I started out, we can talk through an entire service about some keys to relationships. And these are important. Be uncomplicated, live unoffended, recognize that you need people in your life, be an iron sharpens iron kind of friend, be patient, be kind, don't be rude, bite your tongue. All these things are important in our relationships. But nothing matters if we don't actually have a relationship with the one person that matters. The Bible says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother, his name is Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you've just been questioning this whole faith thing, but I wanna tell you, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother who will not leave you, will not forsake you, will not let you down, that doesn't mean you won't walk through stuff, but he'll never leave you. He'll see you through with strength, with peace, with hope for the future. And maybe you just feel like you're here today and there's been a separation between you and God. And you just have had some questions about that relationship. And I just can't close the service without giving you an opportunity to say, you know what, today I'm just going to open my heart. I'm going to open my heart and say, God, I want to know more about who you are. I want to start a relationship with you because everything else will flow from there. So I'm gonna ask everyone in this room to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm gonna just pray a very simple prayer. But if you're here today, if you're here today, and you've never made a decision to surrender your life to Christ, to dive into a relationship with Jesus, today is your day. It's an opportunity. So as I pray this prayer, would you just pray with me in your own heart, in your own mind? And I'm just going to say it simply. Dear God, I know that I've sinned. I know that I make mistakes. I know that I've wrestled with doubt. But today, God, I'm choosing to put my trust in you. So today, God, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.